0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the That's My Jamstack podcast, where we profile amazing people working in this new methodology. In this podcast, we dare to ask the age-old question, what's your jam in the Jamstack? I'm your host, Brian Robinson, and today I'm joined by Andrew Sprouse. Andrew is a co-founder and CTO of the amazing Jamstack company, Take Shape. So, Andrew, thanks for coming on the show today. Can you uh, give our listeners a little background who you are, what you do for work and for fun?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, so, I'm Andrew. I'm the CTO and co founder of a company called Take Shape. And Take Shape builds tools for Jamstack developers. Um, and outside of Take Shape, I like to cook, I like to ride my bike, um, and I like to code. So.
0: Very nice. So not, not, not just coding, but also cooking
1: and bike riding. What kind of stuff do you cook? Oh, I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, barbecuing. So any type of, you know, charcoal, fire, s- smoking. Um, I have like a wood uh, pizza attachment for my grill. So it's that's like a fun project on the weekends. Very nice. I'm
0: from Memphis, so uh, I take barbecue very seriously. We might we, we not want to get into strong opinions on that too
1: much. I, yeah, yeah. I think you would win on that one. So uh, so
0: obviously now you're uh, a CTO of a Jamstack company, but what was kind of your entry point into the Jamstack world?
1: Yeah, so my introduction to sort of static sites and Jamstack uh, goes back to 2010 when we first started using AWS at, at work. Um, and at the time... Um, I was working with my co-founder, Mark, but at um, um, Newsweek Magazine on the web team there. And so we found out that you could just put uh, HTML files on S3 and that you could host them uh, basically with zero effort and it was super fast. And so that was like, wow, if we could really do um you know the whole website this way that would be amazing and so fast forward like a few months uh mark left to pursue his own creative agency and one of the first sites that he did was just um some html and javascript and css on on s3 um and it was the first proof where it was like it was this site for a charity called the dob stories and it was this first proof that um you know you could build a full featured website just with static files and so that sort of influenced the way that we started to build from then on then on
0: okay so so when you're at newsweek were y'all using anything other than just hosting the static files on s3 were you going bigger or was it still like you had your content management system for the news and
1: yeah so unfortunately back then, we were using uh, an enterprise CMS called, uh, it was called Day CQ5, now it's called Adobe AEM. Um, And so since everything couldn't be static, we would spend a lot of time caching, like doing really robust caching. And so that was kind of like, the website in effect was static. But it was just being served from a cache, as opposed to proactively pushing it out to, uh, you know, S3 or Netlify or something. Um, so we we didn't have the tools back then to be able to make the whole site um, static. So we had to use a traditional CMS.
0: Nice. Yeah, I actually worked in a, in a news organization for about six years, uh, and even like the side projects we did were still like database-driven, WordPress-driven kind of stuff. And then we had our big content management system stack. Did y'all do any side projects like that on, on static or were you like hosting in some other way?
1: Yeah. So the discovery was for, was for, you know, a side project was like you could do a micro site with static hosting, but you couldn't do the full blown uh, media experience. I gotcha. I gotcha.
0: And so, so, uh, um, there's that breakaway agency, uh, proof of concept. And then, what was the big explosion point for you at that point? What, what kind of tipped the scale into the jam? Like that's static sites that you were doing and then what was the, the, the jam-staff tipping point?
1: So the tipping point really came along when we f- found out that you know this is really clicking for the agency. So actually fast forward a couple years, I joined Mark at the creative agency to help him with technology and so we're working together and we're realizing that every project that we do with static goes so smoothly and you know uh, it's an amazing end result for the client and so we start to push all of our clients to go static and that just got easier and easier when there was more tools and we had a really favorite tool called webhook CMS And it was sort of like a CMS and static site generator sort of built into one. And it was like that for us was like, whoa, if you combine this concept of hitless CMS plus static site generator, you get this amazing end result. It's easy to set up. um, And you know, the, the, the performance is great and you don't get any calls, you know, late at night that, that the sites down or have any maintenance issues.
0: Nice. So, uh, so the Jamstack philosophies professionally, you've just been doing them for sounds like like four or five years now as like your main go-to, uh, what about personally, are you doing anything personally with the Jamstack in your side, uh, like coding projects?
1: Well, I, I'd love to have uh, more side projects right now, but my my main project is kind of my 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 everything right now. So working on take shape, and actually building tools for the Jamstack on the Jamstack uh, is is what I spend all my time doing nowadays.
0: So so talk to me a little bit about that, like building the Jamstack with the Jamstack. How how does that work now? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so so TakeShape started out as a headless CMS. Um, And from the very beginning, we wrote the API first. And so um, being in a Jamstack state of mind, we're like, well, how can we do this with no servers? So Um, we built the backend all on AWS Lambda using API Gateway. Um, So that that was sort of the first step. And then we realized that our client app could simply be a static single-page React app um, that we host on S3. Um, So it's actually using JAMstack techniques to build a CMS that's supremely useful for people who are building on the JAMstack. Um, And we also... um, incorporated just like our webhook inspiration we built a static site generator directly into the cms so you could have the entire experience in one product
0: i see that more and more in like jamstack companies right now i mean netlify is packing in like four or five different services obviously aws has a whole bunch of stuff built into it um and, and then i see you've also got the, the mesh product which is building in apis together uh, how's that been going
1: so the mesh has been an adventure. It's, it's, um, it's a problem that we've solved on our own many times, you know, for specific point-to-point things, but it's been uh, an amazing adventure to try to figure out a way to generalize it and make it easier for everybody so everybody can benefit from our uh, experience and, frankly, our pain with integrating APIs. Um, so, so being able to use that uh, mesh product in conjunction with our CMS product is just a, you know, it's the natural extension. So you have this idea of a headless CMS with a custom data model, but then what our customers came to us were said, this CMS is great, but I have all these other things that I need to incorporate into my project. How do I do that and what's the best technique and, we, well, you know, as soon as we, our answer was, well, you have to launch a Netlify function and write uh, all this custom code, and here's a sample project in a Git repo that shows, you know, the sample people, you know, the eyes would roll back and, you know, glaze over, and they would sort of stop listening at that point because they wanted it to be a plug-in or, or, or some sort of out-of-the-box solution. So we realized there was a need for something like Take Shape Mesh.
0: Definitely, yeah. When when I was, I actually have a little website that's a repository of various products, and it's like my client wants X, (laughs) and there's so many things that clients want, and some of them make sense, some of them are a little bit, you know, weird. But, uh, but in the end, that that is one of the impediments to getting jamstack in agencies. At least when I worked in an agency, that was one of the one of the problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's it's like the tools can be amazing, the end product can be amazing, but if you can't package it in a way that the client understands you have a really hard time selling, you know, them on it. And that's something that traditionally WordPress and traditional products have done really well where it's like, "Oh, well you need this feature. Well, there's just some random plugin some guy wrote that that kind of does that and maybe it will will work." But at a marketing level, that's amazing because like Oh, WordPress has infinite features, and then as the developer, you're saddled with some guy's, uh, you know, uh, plugin that he wrote for one project, and you're kind of like, well, well, now I have a lot of work to do. Um, and so, the amazing part of the Jamstack is that um, you each company that creates a Jamstack service sort of focuses on the thing that they're best at. So, Netlify you know, is the gold standard for static site hosting and you have, you know, image services like Imgix and Cloudinary and analytics and, and you know, e-commerce services. And so everybody gets to specialize. But then it also is like, well, now how do I bring it all together? And, and that is then p- thrust onto the developer. And what we found is that you know the developer has plenty of work to do of actually making your product. So let's let's give them a shortcut, and they're still using these best-in-class services, but we're making them easier to combine.
0: I yeah I, I really like that concept of mesh, and I um is it is it out of beta? Like I remember a couple, like a month ago I tried to get in, but I, there was in beta, so I skipped it.
1: Yeah yeah we we currently have a beta uh, waitlist going on. Um, so I would encourage uh, you, uh, to, to sign up and we can sort of like, uh, move you up to the top of the list. <laughs> Fair um, enough. and, uh, yeah, so, so we're currently, um, we're currently building out all the features and it's super early. So, you know, um, we're getting great feedback from our initial users so far and, uh, you know, we're really excited. We can't wait to, to, you know, release this to a wider audience. Um, and and actually, um, in October, um, we're going to be at the Jams. Conf in San Francisco, and going to be presenting, um, you know, like ten minute overview of the mesh, and and sort of hopefully we can open it up wider at that point.
0: Very cool. Are you going to go go all out and be like uh, Matthew Billman and like deploy on stage, or or you know, maybe maybe <laughs> keep it in beta until a week after.
1: I, I don't know. I, Matt's a pretty brave guy. He's a, and, and much smarter than I am. So, uh, he, you know, he, he can get away with that. Uh, mine might be a little bit more canned.
0: Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So, so obviously take shape is one of your jams in the jam stack, but what other, uh, what are some of your other favorite tools and products and things that you really enjoy using?
1: Y- you know, it's sort of like, the Jamstack, it's hard to have favorites because there's so many different functionalities. So I've already mentioned Netlify. Um, You know, they're sort of the leader in this space and they do every product that they come out with is is really, really great. Um, You know, we use their static hosting extensively. Um, And you know, if you like React, I think Gatsby JS is great. You know, it it provides a great way for you to build out a site and then sort of like add in those single page features that you would want. And talk about a um, plugin
0: ecosystem. They've got quite the plug in ecosystem already.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing the amount of work that community has done, you know, and the, the couldn't have nicer founders, you know. Those guys have, have been really uh nice to us and um you know, I, I always talk up Gatsby. Um, one other uh, service that has sort of come onto my radar that I've only started to play around with is, is one called FaunaDB. And they have created this sort of globally distributed uh, database that is ACID compliant, which is amazing for something that's that um, uh, distributed. And so I just started, I just signed up the other day and I've been, been playing around with it. So I have to plug them too.
0: I, I, th- I think you might have signed up at roughly the same time I signed up. I'm, I'm working on my <laughs> first like demo in, in fauna DB. Um, and I just started that yeah. like earlier this week. So. <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, real fast, you, you threw the term uh, ACID compliant out there. I personally don't know what that is. So I'm, I'm gonna assume that at least a few listeners won't know what that means. What, what is ACID compliance?
1: So it's sort of a you know a, a standard in in database land of how can it's a, it's about consistency. So if if I write to the database and then I ask the database back for an answer, am I going to get a consistent answer? Cuz in some databases if you had say Multiple servers, which you do now, that's abstracted from us. But um, if you have multiple servers in multiple locations, I might send my the update of the title of my blog post to that, and it would go to like three or four different servers. And then if I asked the cluster for what's the title, I might not, if I if I asked for it at the exact same time, I might not get the 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 old one versus the new one and acid is basically the guarantee that you would get back a consistent answer nice I, across all the machines i cannot
0: even begin to, to fathom the solution
1: there but yeah that,
0: that is an important thing definitely
1: yeah i mean that that's the amazing part you know of the ecosystem is you can have the, the guys at FaunaDB db who are worrying about that deeply technical problem and they can sort of bottle their expertise and just offer it to everybody, um, which is really cool. All
0: right. And so uh, um, what's gonna keep you in the JAMstack world other than literally building a product in JAMstack for the JAMstack, <laughs> like what what makes you love it deep down? Because obviously you're pretty passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, well, there's, there's multiple ways I can answer this, but I think that the the thing that I think of is, is, I've met a lot of great people working with the, these technologies, and you know, it's the first development community that I've been in that's been really like kind and you know, um, friendly to beginners, and everybody's all about you know how can I, how can I boost you know your productivity or make your business better. Um, and I feel like that's sort of that spirit of giving everybody else a shortcut. And, you know, uh, you know, earlier in my career, I'd worked with engineers who were like, we got to roll our own. We got to do everything custom. You know, we can't trust other people to, to make good stuff. It has to be inside. And that sort of like limits your ability to be really productive. And so I, I think that the Jamstack is on the right track, regardless of technology, that that's the attitude towards building nowadays.
0: Nice, bringing the the best expertise from all
1: over the internet. Yeah. All right, so
0: in in terms of like actual jamming, uh, what's what's your musical jam (laughs) right now?
1: Oh man. So uh, last month I went to an Iron Maiden concert. So I've been jamming out to some, you know, uh, to some metal. Uh, while doing coding. Um, but I enjoy all types of music. Um, there's a really eclectic band called Kerrang which is, they're, they're sort of a Thai inspired, um, uh, it's acoustic music, but it's really cool. I can't even, I, I'm not confident that I would be able to spell it on the air right now. We'll put we'll it in the um, show notes though, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all. Also, if you want something a little bit more uh, low key to code to, I would suggest that.
0: And uh, I think I can guess what your answer to this is going to be. But is there anything that you would like to promote on uh, on the podcast today?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, first of all, I want to thank you for for letting me on, and uh, this is a really great opportunity to to talk to you and to your audience. Um, but but yeah, take shape. We're we're. We're working really hard to to get good products out for everybody, um, and especially the mesh. Um, and you know, we want everybody's feedback on it once the the beta goes out. But uh, please, you know, keep in touch. Sign up for the mesh. Go to take shape.io, and there's a place to sign up. Um, and you can watch, you know, the video that's there, and and sort of do that. We'd love to to hear from people there. You know what they want out of the jam stack and you know how can we do better and 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 build tools that people want to use. Very
0: cool. Definitely a uh, a noble aspiration. Build tools that people actually want to use,
1: <laughs> not just have to use. Yeah, we hope so.
0: All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, and I hope that you keep making some amazing stuff to take shape.
1: Great, great. Thank you so much.
0: I also want to thank you, dear listener, for listening through the end of the podcast and being sure to go into your podcatcher of choice, whether that be iTunes, the Google Play Store, or some third party that I'm not even familiar with, and hitting that like button and leaving us a positive review to let everyone know that this is one of the better podcasts to listen to for the jam Step. So until next time, keep making amazing things on the web and keep things jammy.